and I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast, where I pick the podcast and I shut my keg hole. And today we're going to be discussing the eighth episode of the fourth season of Supernatural, titled Wishful Thinking. Jamie, what did you think? Okay, so first up, yeah, the Bigfoot going to the potluck. Yeah, part of they're, they're getting drinks for the potluck. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, <gasps> yeah. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Call back to, God, what was it? Something about clowns. Season two, episode two. Yeah. Everybody loves a clown. Wow. That's what it was. Mm, God, professional podcasting. <laughs> I love when we remember the content of our own episode. <laughs> Is there anywhere in particular that you wanted to start with this episode other than the giant teddy bear slash Bigfoot going to the bottle No, that was where I wanted to start. Okay. Though, I do have a PSA this week, so... I have... Not one, but two guesses. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, Bethany came prepared today. Holy <laughs> shit. Would you like to hear them? Yeah, go. Okay. My first guess was from the start of the episode, and yeah. I was like, is Jamie's PSA going to be about PDA, public displays of affection? Okay, that was yeah. my first thought. Mm-hmm. And then I watched a little bit that longer. That is very me. And then I had one that was, like, much more vague, but I was like, it's kind of, it's kind of a pun. Like, it's kind of like a... A cheesy joke, so I was like, okay, I yeah. was like, okay. Also, very me. Yeah, so I was like, oh my god, is the PSA gonna be be careful what you wish for? No, <laughs> no, no. You have you guessed two different things and you didn't get it. Okay, are you ready for my PSA this I week? Would, I'm so ready for your PSA. Jamie's PSA this week: don't self medicate with alcohol. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, mine were <laughs> way off. Yeah, that's good. I stand by that. You're gonna see a lot of that through this show. A lot of self-medicating with alcohol. Mm. You see it twice in this episode. You see it with the teddy bear. Yep. Or Mr. T-Bear. Yep. And you also see it with Dean. And you're going to see it a lot with Dean. Continually. Forever. Okay, so we should actually maybe talk about why he's self-medicating. The bear or Dean? Dean. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. I was out here. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to tee it up. She can talk about her blobo for a little bit. <laughs> Both of you assume the teddy bear is not my blobo. <laughs> And specifically Dean's beef with Sam this episode and Sam's beef with Dean, uh-huh. which is Sam can clearly see with his eyes that something's wrong mm-hmm. and Dean is not really talking to him about any of it. There is the specific quote, tell me you don't remember a thing from your time down under. Yeah. And all I want to say is, wait, when did they come to Australia? I literally, I wrote his time <laughs> down under, haha, in my notes. <laughs> Same way. Same brain. I think, does Same his brain. time down under, is that just the time that he spends in my head rent-free? Is that... <laughs> I love how we're laughing when we're literally discussing how this character was stuck in hell for 40 years. <laughs> Look, Dean Winchester is allowed to deflect his pain with humour, and therefore so am I. <laughs> I would like to say, though, that I think there is a massive moment in this episode of emotional maturity from Dean. Really? When he says, I won't lie anymore. But I can't talk about it. I'm not going to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I also love that moment. And it's just, like, the inherent honesty of being like, well, look, I am not okay, but also, like, I'm not talking to you about it. Like, yeah. I will not lie to your face anymore. I won't say, no, I don't remember anything. I won't say I'm fine. Mm-hmm. But, like, also, like... You need to respect my boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's something of Sam. Like, Sam and Dean are really interesting in this dynamic of... codependency codependency but also the way that they deal with things you know how people talk about like love languages all the time yeah sam and dean kind of have like their trauma processing languages and sam is a very much like well at least when it's other people's trauma he's like let's talk about it let's you know he's a big fan of therapy you know 
And for Dean, like, he would probably benefit from it, but that's not what he's comfortable with, or especially not with Sam. And that, I think, comes a lot from, like, the things we've talked about before, where, like, Dean is, like, Sam's parent, and that kind of, we're gonna have a sharing, caring moment, and I'm gonna explain to you all of my trauma and feelings, is not a thing that he wants to put on his sort of metaphorical child, you know? Okay, so while we are talking about parents, yeah, we should maybe continue talking about the jonification of Sam Winchester. Yes! Yes, I also want to talk about the jonification of Sam Winchester. I'm so glad you brought this up. The thing that he would wish for is not for everything to be okay, but for Lilith's head on a plate. Still bloody. Yeah. Specific. Yeah. Uh, John Curtis. Yeah, I know. I literally, I literally wrote that down. Like, where did I put it? Where's my note? My note is literally, Sam is being very John-coded, wanting Lilith's head, not telling Dean, and not telling Dean what he's doing. So, like, when he leaves in that scene, after, like, they're at the well, and he's like, oh, I have something just occurred to me. Dean's like, where are you going? He's like, don't worry about it. And off he goes and just leaves Dean with the poor gentleman who owns the fucking restaurant. That poor man deserves some hefty financial compensation. Though I do live for main characters pretending to be health inspectors. Yeah. <laughs> like, something about pretending to be health inspectors. Like, it's just enough authority that it's, like, really funny, but, like, not so much that it's, like, actually concerning. Yeah. I also love that they keep telling him that they're going to write him up for, like, XYZ code. They're yeah. like, we're going to give you, like, a 36C or whatever. And he's like, oh, and they're like, I don't know what that means. But it sounds scary and official. Before we move on from this, though, from... Sam and yeah. Dean and their sort of inability to talk to each other and especially the jonification of Sam. Yeah. Particularly that conversation when they're at the wishing well. Because the wish that like Dean suggests for Sam at the start of that conversation is literally Dean's wish for Sam. Like it's not Sam's wish. It's Dean's wish for Sam. Like he says that Sam will be a hotshot lawyer, have a nice car, the white picket fence. I would argue that there's an unspoken, like, Jessica in there because he's talking about, like, would you wish back to before everything went down, right? Also, more parallels. Uh Uh-huh. John's wish was that Mary hadn't died. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. The Jonification of Sam Winchester. I swear to God, we're onto something here. (laughs) But also, the fact that John's wish was for Mary to be alive, but Sam's wish is not for Jessica to be alive. Yeah, interesting. I want to talk about that because that's... That's an interesting point. But the last little bit I want to point out is that the thing that Dean suggests that Sam would wish for is literally Dean's experience in the gin dream in what is and what should never be. Because that is exactly who Sam is in Dean's dream scenario where everything is good and happy and wonderful except for him self-medicating with alcohol. Interestingly enough, right, is that Sam has, literally in that episode specifically, has a nice car, has Jess is a lawyer, has the white picket fence. Like, it's literally Dean is suggesting to Sam his own dream for Sam, but it's not actually reflective of what Sam himself wants. And it's so interesting, and we're going to keep talking about this, whether you like it or not, going forward. You can't see it, but the look on Jamie's face right now is literally the side eye eye emoji. Uh, (laughs) But the, the boys... Thinking they know what the other person really wants deep down, but it actually being a projection is just really interesting. It's really interesting and we're going to come back to it. So yeah, I just thought this episode in particular, it was just so fascinating. The fact that he outlines like, oh, like this exact scenario that is actually exactly what they showed us 
that Dean wants for Sam, but not necessarily what Sam wants. And then Sam even caveats saying, well, no, what I want is Lilith's head. Fascinating point that sort of what Dean assumes Sam's wish is going to be. Yeah. Literally exactly what he dreamed for him. Yeah. But also I find it very interesting because I do not remember what episode, but yeah, when John is listing out like, oh, well, we all wish things were different. Like, Mm-hmm. I you think know, it's at the end it must be the end of season one because it's before he yes, dies obviously it's before he dies so I, I reckon it's either in 120 to 122 or it's in the first episode 201 oh actually do you know what I, it might actually be 120 it might be Dead Man's Blood because um, Sam and John are having that discussion while Dean's at the morgue getting the blood yeah so I, yeah it must be 120 so I find it very fascinating that like in this conversation John's listing off like, well, I wish that you and your brother could have a normal life and I wish that Mary mm-hmm. was still alive and all of this sort of stuff. Yeah. And what he wishes for himself is it's for, for Mary. Mary to be still alive. But then when Sam's in a similar situation, he's sort of gone that step further. So Because it's sort of like John John wants Mary alive. That, that would be his dream scenario for yeah. Mary to be alive. And so he just sort of settles for Azazel's head on a pike. Because it's not possible to get Mary back. To get Mary back. But even when it would theoretically be possible for Sam to wish for Jessica back, yeah. he that's not what his wish is. Or at least that's not what he says his wish is. Do you know what's really interesting is I wonder because he says it to explain to Dean like why he's saying that, why he would want Lilith's head on a plate, he says, I'm not that person anymore. And I wonder if, you know how we've talked a lot about how Sam... The Jonification of Sam Winchester. The Jonification of Sam Winchester, but also how Sam, like, sees himself as a monster. Yeah. I wonder if he thinks that he is, like, so far beyond that point now Mm. that Jess, like, is no longer, like, that life is no longer attainable for him because he could no longer... Be that person. Yeah. he Like, he already felt like the freak in that scenario. Like, do you remember... Joe and Ellen having that argument about Joe going to school and she yeah. said, I was the freak with the knife collection. Like, yeah. Sam was already that sort of outside person. And yes, he like assimilated. But I think at this point, he's been out of school. He's been hunting with Dean for like four years now. Like, so much has happened to him, both to his physical self and also emotionally to him, that he may not actually be able to go back to that space and feel like he belongs or that he actually even possibly deserves it. We're having the same brain moment. Where we're just nodding. We're like, we don't have to communicate. It's essential to the podcast that we speak, but it's not actually essential to our conversation. <laughs> we can just look at each other and know exactly what's going on. Yeah. Okay, I do want to talk about... It's a, it's a smaller moment. It's a lighter moment. Mm-hmm. Let's move off from some of the deep stuff. Yeah. The, the lady who sees the quote-unquote ghost in the shower. Oh my god, yeah. And she's talking about how she's always been sensitive. She's an empath. That's all I can think. I'm watching the scene, I'm like... Yeah, I had the same thought. She's an empath. <laughs> same brain. We're really same braining today. I also loved that moment, but what else I loved is her asking Sam, what's the, like your book called again? He's like, well, the working title is Supernatural anyway. <laughs> oh, it's just I I like it's stupid, but I love it. Another moment that's stupid, but I love uh-huh. when Sam and Dean are outside the room with the teddy bear, and yeah. they're like whispering to each other, like, "Are we gonna kill this bear? <laughs> like, how? A, do we kill this bear? And B, if we do kill this bear, how the fuck would we kill this bear? <laughs> I know, I love that. Like, do we shoot it? Set it on fire? Both? <laughs> I yeah. I how how are we feeling about 
the bear. Because <laughs> I, I, I think that's what most people remember about this episode. It's certainly a commonly used gif. Look, I don't know what to think about the bear, but I will say the special effects where they do, like, the gunshot, like, the bear shooting itself. Yeah. Surprisingly good. Like, the stuffing explosion is uh-huh. very much, like, you see it coming a mile off. Yeah. But it's still very fun, I think. Yeah. I, I have a question about that, actually, because I, yeah. I was watching this this morning, and I was like, oh, I've never considered this. Where the fuck is the bullet? Because it's not like it's lodged in his head somewhere. Lodged in the back wall somewhere. But you don't see it. The bullet, no, it's hidden by all the stuffing. The bullet doesn't come through. It's literally just stuffing. I like, you know that you can't... Because you don't see it, Jamie, because you see, you see the stuffing fall down. So, and there's no hole anywhere. So what happened is the prop guys, the way they did it, they just had, like, a stuffing bazooka. Yeah. And so they just spat out the stuffing. Yeah. And they didn't put a bullet in there because why the fuck would they? I know. Because no I one know. gives a shit about whether you <laughs> see the bullet or not. I care about we all know that I'm a stickler for realism in this television show. <laughs> the eye roll that Jamie just gave me. <laughs> no, I, I was just like, oh, like, I, it's not important. And literally no one cares but me. But I just was like, where's the bullet? Where is the bullet? It can't be stuck in his head. I also do kind of feel bad that the teddy can't die. Well, I mean, I'm assuming it dies when they undo all the wishes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. The funniest part. It's not the funniest part, but one of the funniest parts at the end of the episode, when you see Audrey with her parents who are back from Bali and they're covered in sunburn, uh, and she's holding the teddy that has, like, the tape sticking its head back together. <laughs> look, they did remember they, the bullet, but they did remember that the teddy was meant to look like it had shot itself. Yeah. I also love that she still loved her teddy after all of that. She was like, you know what? It's <laughs> still my teddy bear. Uh, we do have to mention the obligatory big yikes, that is, busty Asian beauties. Yes. We do. Big, Big yikes. yikes. Moving on. Yes. Oh, okay. I am confused about something. Yeah. The server at the start of the episode, who just keeps coming back and being annoying. I was watching it and I was like, does, is this guy relevant somehow? I can't remember, but he must be. They're wasting so much time on this one fucking annoying dude. No, he just really wants a tip. Yeah, but like, he just he just keeps coming back. Though, to be fair, the customer service voice is real. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But no, I was just so confused. I was like, why are we getting so much of this guy? Like, I get that it's like a funny little bit or whatever while they're trying to have a serious conversation. But usually when you have like a sort of side character come across like that, they become relevant somewhere, somehow. Uh, like in um, 104 of Leverage, where it's like the co- the passenger who had been really annoying. Yeah, the whole time. The whole time was actually relevant to the plot. Yes, exactly. And you were like, yeah, what? Yeah, exactly. And so you, you're like, oh, they're putting way too much time and energy into this one random side character for them to be irrelevant. But yeah, he was just completely fucking irrelevant. And it's not even in like a red herring kind of way. Just like, he was just kind of there for two minutes. They were like, we're going to do this bit and then he's going to be not relevant ever. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, I know we already briefly touched on the shower scene. Yeah. And the, the quote unquote ghost. Yeah. Yet another shower scene. Where the one direction seems to have been stand, face the water, open your mouth, and slick your hair back. That's the only thing she does for like a full 45 seconds. I put in my notes, obligatory shower scene. Yeah, and I put yet another person who received only one direction for a shower scene, slick back hair one million times. And (laughs) then I will say that I did really love the way she steps out of the shower. She's just been facing directly into the water, and her makeup is still perfect. (laughs) I love that yeah. realism. 
Oh, I have a question for you. This is kind of a logistic question, kind of not really. When she turns and she, like, yeets her towel, and that's how you find the, the guy standing there because it, like, hits yeah. and he's using, which I actually quite liked the yeah. effect. I thought it was quite good. Yeah. No issues with it. It was fine. So she throws this towel. I want to know what the fuck she was aiming at. Like, where was she throwing that? There's no basket. She's not trying to get it on a hook. You're not throwing it like that to get it on a hook. Maybe she was just startled. Was she just yeeting it? But for what? She didn't know there was anyone there until the towel hit. So I was like, is she just throwing this towel just for fun? Like, just for shits and giggles? She had been hearing things, though. I mean, I guess. But my instinct, if I'd been hearing something, wouldn't be to throw a towel at it. Not mine either, but, like, we've already we've already addressed <laughs> the fact that we don't think the supernatural writers have ever met a human woman. That's a good point. <laughs> That's a solid point. I want to know, you know the restaurant where there's the wishing well? Mm-hmm. Did you read their slogan? Yeah, isn't it good things come to those who eat? Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Uh-huh. <laughs> that shit slaps. I, I thought it was very fun. Oh, I have a question. This is similar, but okay. not yep. really. Tangentially related. At the very end of the episode, there's like a, a zoomed out scene where you can kind of see Sam standing in front of the restaurant and everyone's like walking away. Hope's like walking off and stuff. And you can see all of the like awnings, right? Yeah. the shops. There's one that just says fetish. <laughs> it's like two shops down from the restaurant that's in the episode. It just says fetish. It's like a brown awning with white curvy writing and it literally just says fetish. And I don't... I don't know if that's somehow, like, the props department having fun, or if that's the actual name of a store that they were shooting at, like, on location, or what. But it literally just says fetish in giant cursive white writing. Okay, so send us, like, a message on, like, the Discord or the Twitter or the Tumblr if you've ever been to the store that just says fetish (laughs) on the wall. I mean, like, at least people are going to know what they're getting into going into your store. It just seems like an interesting name for said store. Yeah. You know? Okay. I have a bone to pick this episode. Okay. It's it's a, it's again about the Bigfoot getting drinks, quite sure. honestly. The Bigfoot. I think I know what your bone's going to be. What? Bigfoot drinks girly drinks. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Have you ever drunk a girly drink in your life? Those things will fuck you up. Yes. I'm sorry, but you're drinking like piss weak fucking beer. Yes. Nah. Yes. Bitch. Yes. Drink a cocktail that's 30% alcohol. You will be on the floor. <laughs> I don't even drink, and I know this to be a fucking fact, to the point where I was like, do you know what? I'm going to Google the alcohol contents of these drinks that they name. Would you like to know the alcohol contents? They're probably somewhere between 25 and 30%. Okay. The content for Amaretto, 21 to 28%. Irish cream, 17%. And I just put in beer as a comparative. It's like 5%. 5%. Well, there you go. Learn something new every day. I'm learning about beer I'll never drink. That's fun. Um, <laughs> add, it, add it to my list of fucking qualifications. But, but yeah, I think a Cooper's Pale Ale was only like 4% or something. Yeah. And then if you look at their like... That's because they're Pale like, Ale, which is light, their light of Yeah, beer. and then there's like the light range, which is even more so than that. Yeah. And that was only like 1.3% or something. And I was like, what the fuck are you on about making fun of these drinks? These drinks will fuck you up. And like also, bear in mind, nine times out of ten, like Amaretto and is it Kahlua in this episode? Uh, is Irish Cream. Irish Cream. You would mix them. Yeah. But even when you're mixing them, you're only normally doing, like, a a quarter ratio, like a quarter yeah. alcohol to, like, three quarters mixer. Yeah. Sometimes it's, like, a half to half. But, like, okay, just for example. Oh, we've got to do maths and ratios and percentages. I love this. What you would call gin a girly drink, yeah? No, I don't understand alcohol, but my grandparents love a gin and tonic. More stereotypically girly, used quite a lot in cocktails. Okay. Right? 
It is 40% alcohol. 40%. That's a lot of alcohol. That's a lot of alcohol. <laughs> so yeah, like it, it is baffling to me that they would be like, oh, girly drinks. It's like, I'm sorry. Have you That's ever had a girly drink? Type, though. That shit will fuck you up and it'll taste like bubblegum while it does it. Literally, though, like, that's the thing. Like, it's such a stereotype. Like, it's not, like, we're talking about Supernatural, obviously. But, mm-hmm. like, this is such a stereotype just in general, like, day-to-day life. And, like, not just even media. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, I can't have whatever that is. Like, that's for girls. And it's like, what are you fucking... It's 2022, man. If you want to drink a raspberry vodka cruiser, just fucking do it. Even a raspberry fucking vodka or, or vodka lemonade or some shit. Like says a raspberry... Uh, Vodka, what was it, Cruiser, is yeah. 4.6%. So same as like a pale ale. Same alcohol content as beer. But probably tastes better. But tastes better. And also fucks you up because of the sugar content. Oh yeah, the sugar, I didn't even fucking think about that. Yeah. Although, uh, oh, actually, yeah, I guess the sugar content of beer would be low because that's the, what feeds the yeast which yeah. makes the beer. So it doesn't have as much sugar by the end of it. It's not so much about beer being low sugar as about the Cruiser being fucking high sugar. <laughs> like that shit is just sugar. So I don't get, like, there is this, like, massive stigma around, like, oh, that's a girly drink. And it's like, yeah, but it will fuck you up. We've talked about this for a way too long. <laughs> but no, so yeah, I I was very offended. I want to very quickly talk about how I think the boys are a bit thick. Like, thick with three Cs, or? No, thick as in, in the head. Okay. I... Dumb as bricks. Listen to this quote. It's, mm-hmm. it's they're sitting on the tiny little bench. Okay, and yeah. their knees are up by their ears because they're so tall. Okay. And they're just sitting there, like, absolutely stumped. And we literally get the line, it's got to be a joke, right? And I'm like, at no point in this episode do either of you even consider the trickster. I at know. No I'm point. sitting here going, oh, are we going to get the trickster? Like, am yeah. I going to get some more ammo to prove that the trickster is an angel? <laughs> I should have known better than to bring this up. But, <laughs> but, yeah, I was like, literally at no point do either of them even go, huh, do you think potentially, perhaps, maybe. You know, all these people are making wishes mm. and then they're getting, like, karmic yeah. retribution for these wishes. Exactly, but at this point they don't even know they're making wishes. They just yeah. know that shit's fucking weird. They've just seen all this weird shit. And, like, Bigfoot, for example, and, like, we already yeah. know that the trickster is doing stuff like alligators in the sewer. Bigfoot comes onto that list. Alien abductions. Alien abductions. Exactly. Right? Also, Specific I, ghosts. Right? That haunt very specific places. Exactly. Exactly. A ghost that will help you up and say, please don't tell my mom, is not <laughs> the usual type like, of I ghost. Like, I can see him fucking around doing that. Like, Yeah, right? And I'm like, I understand that obviously it is not the trickster in this context. Yeah. It's the magical, you know, wishing the coin. coin. Yeah. And I get that. But I don't get why the boys don't even for a moment consider it could be the trickster. Mm. Even in just, like, on that bench, just one throwaway line, like, oh, I don't think it could be the trickster. And be like, oh, no. Well, like, I don't think he's fucking with us, so I doubt it's the trickster. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, and just be like, oh, maybe. But, you know, it seems it seems like... Though a- I will say, my theory of the trickster as an angel would put a whole bunch more context on the whole, like, trying to train Sam to be okay when Dean is dead. Like... Oh, I thought you were talking about this episode. No, no, no. How? No, no. <laughs> you brought up the trickster, you have to live with the consequences. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> okay, so say the trickster is an angel, right? Okay. Sure. Think about the implications for his motives. Okay. Because if he's an angel, there's a chance that him killing Dean over and over and over and over and over again in Mystery Spot uh-huh. was actually either a test or 
it was some sort of like training that God wanted the brothers to undergo. So it's he's he's still trying to teach Sam a lesson, but it just makes his motive make more sense. Yeah, it just means that like it could literally be orders from above. Like it yeah. could be. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. It could so it's be not less the... like he's just fucking with him for the sake of fucking with him, and he's fucking and with him because like he's been told to. He's fucking with him because he's been told to. Mm, okay. And then it sort of also adds depth to the whole like heaven is currently concerned about what Sam's doing, mm. and then the whole trying to teach him a lesson about living without Dean adds to that. In that, hopefully, it meant that when Dean died. Sam wasn't going to immediately turn to Ruby and do exactly what he did. <laughs> you yeah, know so, what I mean? So basically, Sam didn't learn the lesson, regardless of anything else. <laughs> yeah. Sam just wasn't didn't. paying attention. Basically. <laughs> he flunked out of that class. Sam is really bad at taking orders. Like, yeah. we know this. This is well established. Dean is good at taking orders sometimes. It's very dependent on the situation. Depends where the orders come from. Well, it depends on who the orders come from. It also depends on if he's being a little shit. Like, if he... <laughs> If he doesn't respect where the orders are coming from, he won't follow them. Mm. Sam just doesn't respect authority in general. Dean respects some authorities. <laughs> He's selective about it, but he does respect some of them. Sam's just blanket no. But yeah, so I'm just saying, adds depth. Okay. Adds layers. Look, even regardless, regardless of the, the batshitness of your theory, I, I do like the depth that it lends. Like, I, I think, feel like it adds more layers to the onion, as it were. Yeah. You know? I think yeah. it's fun. It's sort of like grabbing a shovel and digging deeper into the pool. Yeah. <laughs> it would, it, it would make a good, it would make a good fig. Oh, I, look, we were talking about health departments earlier, and I do just really quickly want to make a point about that before we're like, like we've moved on, but I want to go back there for <laughs> sure. a Sounds good. The health department don't have badges, they have clipboards. Like, it completely <laughs> broke my immersion. The health department do not have badges, they have clipboards. Working in Australia in food halls, if you see someone in a high-vis vest with a clipboard, you know your shit's about to be fucked up. <laughs> Look, I know it's not relevant to the episode. I just want to say, they don't have badges. They have a clipboard. Like, if you see... Like a health inspector who doesn't have, like, not even a notepad. Yeah. That's the other thing. They don't have a clipboard and they don't have a notepad. Yeah. Like, you can bet your ass health inspectors... they're not taking any photos either. They're not taking any photos. They're not taking any notes. Like... What are they going to put in their report? Exactly. Fucking nothing. Exactly. 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 Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, I do want to talk about this a little bit, though, because I feel so fucking bad. I don't think he actually has a name, the owner of the restaurant, mm. but I feel so bad for him because he's running what appears to be a very, like, he seems to be running, like, quite a popular establishment, yeah. and it's, like, it's full during the day, everyone's there having lunch, you know, it seems to be, yeah. like, a good spot to go. Yeah. And, like, it's pretty popular. Like, he's losing yeah. shit tons of revenue. Right? In, like, the three days they shut him down for. Exactly. And, here's the thing, right? You think about, like, oh, it's just, like, three days or whatever. No, 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 no. If word gets out around the town that that restaurant has a rat infestation, do you think people are going to be marching to get their, like, takeout now? No. Not only does it have a rat infestation, it has a rat infestation so bad, the health department shut Shut it it down down for three whole fucking days. Yeah, in the middle of a lunch period. Like, they showed up and announced to the whole restaurant, and this seems like a relatively small town, they announced it to the whole dang place, this Restaurant has a rat infestation. No one's going to want to go back there. So they've just negatively impacted this poor man's business 
from God knows how fucking long. And he just seems like a genuinely good dude. He seems worried. Yeah. He seems concerned. You know? But it's not just that. Not only are they fucking up this man and his business, they're also fucking over all the staff he has working for them. Yeah. And then they can do property damage. Then they're whacking his fucking well with essentially a giant chisel. And then, add on to that, all of the food stock that that dude's going to lose. Yes. Because yes. he's not selling it and it's all going to go out of date because I can bet your ass he has fresh seafood, he has fresh chicken. Like, yeah, he's going to have, do you know how fast bean shoots go bad? So fast. So fast. And Fucking they're like, bean they're quite a safety hazard actually. And yeah. rice, oh, rice, you don't want to eat a couple day old rice. No. You should not do that. That's Bethany's unsolicited advice. Yeah. Rice is a very big problem for food poisoning. You might not think it, but yeah. it's true. <laughs> anyway, point. This is so not the point of the episode. This no. is not what they wanted us to focus on at all. But 100%, I'm like concerned for this man. I'm like, how is he doing in the aftermath? You know? Yeah. Really fucking rude of them, specifically, to do this <laughs> shit. Oh, I do want to talk about one, one tiny, tiny little bit of it. Um, it's when Sam's like, oh, you can tell me I'm your brother, basically. And it's like, dude, he's not your fucking brother, he's your father. Like... <laughs> Did you forget that for a minute? Sam's unaware of that fact. Like, honey, Sam, so you... Sam is fully unaware that Dean raised him, which is so funny because it seems like he should be very aware of this. He has no idea. This will become abundantly apparent in a particular episode of season five where Sam just has no idea that Dean, he, he doesn't understand their relationship. Yeah. The way that they view each other is so vastly different and neither of them realize it. And it becomes very apparent in this episode and it's poor. It fucks me up. You'll probably watch it and be like, eh, it was fine. But it really fucks me up. <laughs> I also want to talk about how when they're in the car with the dude who made the first whiz, he's like, why do we need to be miserable? Like, guys like you are never miserable. And Dean's like, have you fucking met us? We're like the most miserable people you've ever fucking met. I know, Dean immediately being like, we are miserable. Is like, oh, sweetie, baby, you don't even know yet. <laughs> I did also want to talk about, there's a line where, I think it is the guy, I think it's Wes, who oh, makes yeah, the who initial makes the first, yeah. wish. I think it's him that says, why can't we just get what we want? And there's a really interesting parallel line to that in season 15, where a character makes a point where they say, something to the effect of like, we rarely get what we deserve. It, it would be completely unrelated to this. But I do think it's interesting that it's like, in both instances, it's external characters being like, you know, why, like, the first one is being like, God, why can't we just ever get what we want? And the last one is just being like, just accepting it. Like, we rarely get what we deserve. In season 15, it's a very pointed circumstance, but I just, it made me think of it, so I wanted to talk about it. Beth, babe, I'm not going to remember that. That's like 10 years from now. <laughs> I'll bring it back up, don't you okay. worry. I'll be like, hey, Jamie, remember, remember four years ago? <laughs> Actually, while we're on the topic of Wes, yeah, I do kind of want to talk about him because I think he's a, an interesting character. And my reasoning for saying that is that he seems like he's pretty remorseful. Like, yeah. he seems like he doesn't actually like that Hope is acting the way that she is because he he wants her to be herself, which is just, like, no, never going to happen in this circumstance. Because it's, if she was being herself, she wouldn't love him. him. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, like, just inherently part of that, like, backfiry thing. Yeah. Like, what he wanted was for Hope to be herself, but also to love him unconditionally unconditionally but what the wish gave him was essentially just a hope puppet who loved him unconditionally 
Yeah. And because he used the word, like, unconditionally or, like, more than more anything. More than anything, I think was the phrase. Yeah. It meant that she didn't love anything else, nothing else that made her her, and how inherently dehumanizing that is. Do you remember... Sorry, that's a very good point. And yes, the concept of women being completely devoid of anything except their adoration for a particular man is just like an abhorrent concept. That's and also their physical appearance. Yes. Do you remember in Buffy when Spike builds the Buffy bot? Vaguely. It's this, been a long time since I've watched Buffy. The same. That memory was so suppressed, I forgot that happened. But just listening to your like little description yeah. right then really threw me back to the Buffy bot. And it feels the same to me. It's like... Spike just wanted, he wanted Buffy, but he couldn't have her the way that she actually is because she didn't want him. And so he just like basically created this false version of her that wasn't her. And so he wasn't happy because it's not what he actually wanted. It's just this fake, empty version of her that's just obsessed with him. And it's kind of altogether gross. And dehumanizing. And dehumanizing. Yes, exactly. Big yes. Anyway, so it's interesting because they seem to try and paint Wes as, like, kind of remorseful and, like, regretting his decision. And then he talks about his grandfather and he's like, you know, he was he meant so much to me and then he died. And then he immediately decided to disrespect his grandfather's wishes. Sam coded. Sam coded. <laughs> Actually, no, Dean coded. Because Sam oh, was yeah, the opposite. No, Sam's the opposite. Sam, John died and he's like, oh, suddenly I've never wanted to respect my father's wishes before. But suddenly, it's really important that I respect my father's wishes. Yeah. And Dean was like, Haha, fuck yeah, dad's dead, I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> and Dean was that meme of the, the cast doing the peace sign in front of the grave. <laughs> then he gets in the car with Sam and Dean, and he immediately is acting like he doesn't give a shit. He immediately yeah. is like, no, why should I have to give up my wish? Why should I have to give up my thing? It's like, bro, you're not even enjoying your thing. Yeah. You're not even enjoying the thing that you have. You just don't want to give give it up because you, for some reason, think it's better than what you already had. But that's just inherently obviously wrong. And then I was like, oh my god, the whole plot of this episode, again, it's just boiled down to men are stupid and horny. And I cannot believe how relevant this still is in season four. This was a joke from... This is a joke from the pilot. <laughs> how are we still making it every fucking other episode? Though I will say, while they're having that conversation in the car they have the windscreen wipers on but i don't think there's any actual fucking rain right right i thought that was weird because you can see the rain around the windscreen wipers but i was like yeah why are you keeping the windscreen wipers going it's actually just distracting me from the scene yeah it's not adding anything and it's gone on quite a fast speed as well yeah so it's like quite you just kind of i don't know maybe it's just me who was just like Ooh. yeah i was like it just like it unnecessarily brought my attention and like it'd be different if like half of the scene was like you know like the rain's really coming down yeah and, like but like it wasn't yeah it looked like it was like it had been raining but now i'd find up and i was like not even spitting anymore so mm. i was like okay so i think very quickly we do have to touch on todd yeah todd's the dude who can go invisible yeah no no no, no? todd is the small child who has the super strength. Oh, yeah, fuck. <laughs> I completely forgot. Didn't know his name. <laughs> he has a line where he yells, I am Todd. <laughs> it's one of the only lines he has. We have to talk about him for, for two reasons. One is a not supernatural specific reason. One is a supernatural specific reason. Which would you like to do first? Okay, so I have a feeling I may know what the non-supernatural reason is. Okay. I have a feeling... The kid who played Todd, now now Todd sounds familiar. I have a feeling the kid who played Todd went on and murdered somebody. Yes, he did. So, like, as an adult. Yes. Like, so, recently. 
Like, mm-hmm. it's not important to Supernatural. We're very yeah. briefly going to become a true crime podcast. If this is not for you, skip the next two minutes. But basically, uh, I looked it up this morning because I was like, I know what happened, but I yeah. don't actually know the story. Essentially, he murdered his mother, immediately filmed a, like, confession tape, didn't, like, tell anyone for a couple of days, plotted to kill Justin Trudeau, and then didn't do that, but turned himself into the police. So... Todd's actor in real life did in fact kill his mother and apparently plot to kill Justin Trudeau but didn't actually go through with it. So that's good, I guess. But anyway. One murder, man, not two. Gold star look, of achievement. Look, it's it's like golf. You want the lowest score possible. <laughs> and honestly, even negative numbers are preferable. Yeah, bring more lives into the world or save more lives. Than yeah, you, save more lives. You know. Get Don't out. just have, like, two dozen children. Yeah, it also doesn't cancel out. You can't murder six people and then have seven kids and be like, well, we're even. <laughs> it's not how it works. Anyway, this is so stupid. Time for the trolley problem. <laughs> the other reason I wanted to talk about Todd is because I think it's interesting for Dean's character. We have a lot of a couple of kids in this episode, mm. and we have Dean interacting with, you know, children is just one of those things that we'll talk about a lot over the series. But I specifically want to talk about him interacting with Todd because even though Todd literally nearly kills him, like he is strangling him, like Dean is about to pass the fuck out, as soon as Todd loses his powers and he can't do it anymore, Dean's immediately like, but I'm going to help you with those bullies though. And he like fully goes into like acting mode and he's like, whoa, kid, like enough is enough, you know, and fully helps this kid stick it to the bullies, you know, even though the child would have straight up murdered him. Like, he's str- he immediately is like, I'm still going to protect this this kid, though. We may still be asking how buff is Sam, actually, but we know how buff Dean is, and it's less buff than a small child. <laughs> oh, and speaking of Sam, I do want to note Sam being killed by the Palpatine lightning. Palpatine lightning? Why is it so <laughs> relevant to Supernatural? <laughs> I don't know, but also he loses both his shoes. <laughs> smoky effect is just fun. I very quickly want to touch on the fact that they make a point of saying that Bigfoot is a hoax. Guys, for fuck's sake. Stop it. You think everything is a fucking hoax. Stop it. <laughs> until it's actively killing you. Literally, I'm so done with this shit. Every time you're like, it's a hoax, I'm like, shut up. <laughs> like, stop. I'm like, you're so stupid. I love you. Why are you so stupid? Every time they introduce a new monster, they're like, oh yeah, but this isn't real. You are like, oh, it turns out it is real. It's like, dude, just stop the first bit. Just stop saying, oh, that can't be real. You get my frustration. Oh, I do very quickly want to touch on the iconic line. On Thursdays, we're teddy bear doctors. I just, it's just fun. It's just one of those things where it's I mean, like that's it's... why we release the pod on Thursdays, yeah? Because we're yeah. always teddy bear doctors? Yes, absolutely. That's 100% why we release on Thursdays, specifically because of a joke that you wouldn't understand until mid-season four. 100%, and not because it's just convenient for our schedules. <laughs> Galaxy brain. <laughs> I think that is everything that I specifically wanted to cover. I've got a couple other fun little notes, but I think, honestly, this whole episode is just full of little things. We could just keep going, and this, and this, and this, but we would just be pointing stuff out. So did you have any other actual points that you wanted to make? I can't remember. I, normally I watch it, like, literally, like, several hours before I, like, record these things. But, like, I went to work. Like, I, I watched it and then I went to work. And yeah, then... we both did that. <laughs> and Maybe now... that's how we keep our episode lengths down. <laughs> Maybe get we half just... <laughs> the shit in the episode and go on work between. Yeah. Maybe we just actively forget some stuff. 
I know, man. That was an episode of Supernatural. The rain's making me kind of sleepy. Do you have energy in you for one more point that I just remembered that Go I on. have? Do it. Okay. I'm half asleep, but I'm vibing. <laughs> Sam asks the lady who thought that she was being haunted in the shower, was it violent? Like, did yeah. it try to hurt you? And she just goes, it was a ghost. I'm lucky to be alive. And I was like, I just think that's an interesting take. Yeah. Like, I just think it's interesting that even though in this instance the quote-unquote ghost, like, genuinely, like, helped her up and was, like, apologizing and being like, I'm so sorry, please don't tell my mom kind of thing. Like, even though she had that experience, her thought was, like, it was still a ghost. It would have killed me. And I'm like... Bitch, if I wanted to kill you, it would have. Yeah, I'm like, you're alive right now, aren't you? Like, um, damn. She has the same take on monster morality as Gordon. Yeah, actually. That's a good fucking point. But yeah, it was was just interesting to me. I was like, damn, the stereotyping, I guess, of, like, supernatural beings and having them just, like, inherently be evil and, you know, going to murder you, even though they're actively being helpful. Literally, Dean at Ruby... Where Sam's making the point where, like, if she wanted us dead, we'd be fucking dead. She would just let us die instead of saving us all the damn time and helping us out all the damn time. And Dean's like, nah, she's a demon. She's evil. She'd be demoning. So I do have one very quick point. You will like this point because okay. it's uh, yeah. about leverage. Okay. So Ooh, I love me a good leverage thing. In the first season of Leverage, there's an episode called The Wedding Job. Also, a little plug, if you haven't already listened to our sister podcast, Thief Steals the Podcast which is a podcast we have where Jamie makes me watch her favourite comfort show, Leverage, uh, you should absolutely go check that out right now. There's a bunch of episodes. I hope you like them. Anyway, point is, there's an episode of Leverage called The Wedding Job. Yeah, yeah. I made fun of that episode because they rock up and they're supposed to be, like, doing stuff at the wedding. They're supposed to be, like, a caterer and a florist yeah. or whatever. And, and Hardison, one of the characters, rocks up holding the saddest tin bucket of flowers I've ever seen in my mm-hmm. life. Yeah. But then in this episode of Supernatural... The boys introduce themselves as florists, and they don't even have flowers. They don't have fucking anything. And I just, I was like, oh, damn. Okay. They're just as bad at pretending to be florists. They're worse at pretending to be florists than they are at pretending to be health inspectors or the FBI or whoever the hell else they said they were this episode. Teddy bear doctors. Guess what? In Leverage, we see them pretend to be all of those things. Including teddy bear doctors? No, not including teddy bear doctors. Okay, well, then I'm disappointed inherently. Sorry. Well, you should be. There's one... Where Elliot pretends to be like a concerned daddy blogger. <laughs> I, that's so Dean coded. <laughs> anyway, I think that just about does it for me today. Did you have anything else that you wanted to? I'm done. I'm no? sleepy. I know. I'm, I'm Jamie wants to go to bed. My watch just told me that I should think about getting to bed. So, so that you can go to bed and cuddle up and listen to the delightful rain and thunder that we're having tonight. How would you rate this week's episode, Wishful Thinking, out of five? I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five. Okay. I don't know. It just, it seems like a really fun premise and I think they should have made it the trickster. Okay. So it would have gotten like higher, but you just wish yeah. that they made it the trickster instead of a like, wishing Like it well. just, I don't know. There is just, we didn't really talk about it, but I'm going to just quickly mention it here. The other thing that I found inherently ick about this episode is just the fact that they were like, <laughs> yeah, a really hot lady like her would never go out with someone who's ugly like him. And I just kind of resent that implication. Like, it very much just, like, narrows women down to, like, <laughs> we're all just vain and shallow. Yeah. It's like, yeah, fuck off. I also don't love that they made that the main plot. You're right. We did not touch on this at all. Yeah. I kind of wish that it had been more along the lines of, like, 
a kid had, like, Todd or Audrey yeah. had stolen the coin from their grandparent. Yeah. To, like, the grandparent had told them a story, they'd stolen the coin, and they'd make the initial wish. Yeah. Like, rather than it being, like, a gross objectification of women. And yeah. also, like, there is a bit, like, there is a scene with Wes and um, Hope. Hope where it looks like they're about to do something physical or sexual before the boys walk in pretending to be florists. Yeah. And it's like that kind of, like, that, to me that just sets off, like, rape alarm bells. And yeah, like, because she she's not consent Like, she can't like be consenting. Like, she can't send, yeah. She's essentially, it's essentially as if she had been drugged. Yeah. Because she's not in her sound mind. She can't yeah. make sound decisions. And so, yes, no. So, it just had some weird, like, rapey undertones. No, I agree. I We didn't touch on that at all, but yes, oh, I think it's an important For point. what is a very fun episode, sort of, generally... It just, yeah, I don't know, like, some of the weird, like, rapey undertones of just, like, the whole Hope-Wes situation are like, eh. Yeah, I do kind of wish that that... Could have done it out. If that plot line had been removed, I would not have missed it in the slightest. No. And I think you could have easily replaced it with something, like I said, like a kid who'd stolen a coin, or even just, like, someone who, like, wanted something super inane, like, to do well on a test, you know, and they had, they used their wish, like, Dean uses it on a sandwich, Mm. which... Fucking bold of him after he so recently died from eating tacos. And also... But he doesn't remember that. He just keeps... Oh, she has a good point. But he just keeps eating things. Sorry, (laughs) uh, we we forgot to mention that. But Dean eats in this episode. The food insecurity is real. Moving on. Yeah, Dean's Uh like, I have one... Like, super powerful wish I can make. I'm going to wish for a sandwich. (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, I do think some of it is also just... The fact that he knows that whatever he wishes for is probably going to come back and bite him in the ass. So, mm-hmm. like, for for him and his brain, it's like... He's not going to wish for, like, Mary to come back or something. Yeah. Like, the yeah. implications of wishing for a sandwich are a lot lower than, like, wishing for something. Like, Lilith's head on a plate. Because what's yeah. the bet? That if Sam had wished for Lilith's head on a plate, Lilith's head would be on a plate, right? That's great. Then the wish would be undone, and then Lilith would be whole there, and she'd murder Sam. Because I'm sorry, but I get she can't use her white magic powerful blasty bullshit thing on him. <laughs> but like also, she could just grab a knife and stab him. Like he's susceptible to sta- stabbing. Like, yeah, he's killed him once before. Yeah, he's very stabbable. He's got a big lanky body. Lots of places to aim. Just go stabby stabby. Arguably like, much easier to stab. Like I understand that like Lilith's a demon and maybe stabbing's below her. But like also. <laughs> She's like, stabby, stabby. <laughs> I am too good to stab people manually. I have to use my super psychic powers. I mean, she could ask Meg to do it. I reckon Meg would do it for her. Meg would delight in stabbing Sam, I think. <laughs> anyway, the next episode is called I Know What You Did Last Summer. Do you have any thoughts, feelings, predictions, fears, hopes, dreams? Okay, campy 1970s horror movie, like horror slasher movie, like parody. Okay, so sort of specifically along the lines set of like at a summer movie. camp. Oh, that's fun. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sort of like monster movie, but instead of going like classic nineteen forties, nineteen fifties, classic golden era of cinema, mm-hmm. go like nineteen seventies camp slasher movies. Okay, that would be very fun. You know what I mean? Like the ones where it's like you know these teens just went off to summer camp. They're the camp counselors. And now there's, like, a, a monster in the lake that's fucking murdering people. Yeah, okay, okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I love that. So it's like Camp Rock crossed with Supernatural. <laughs> First image in my brain. <laughs> Camp Rock. <laughs> no comment. 
let's face it though, Dina would have a crush on young Joe Davis. Yeah. Anyway, did you have any other thoughts or feelings about... Oh, wait, other option is maybe Dean was dead over the summer and so they're going to revisit his time in hell. Oh, that's interesting, actually, considering at the end of this episode we finally get him telling Sam that, you know... Sorry, that just occurred to me. I was like, oh, well, you did last summer. I'm like, oh, what if Dean was dead over the summer? And so they're, like, now going and revisiting... Or maybe they're revisiting what Sam did while Dean was dead. So Dean was raised in... Like, raised from the dead on the 18th of September... So, so it's right over their summer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, American seasons are weird. But no, so then it could 100% be like what Dean and Sam did while Dean was dead. Sorry, thought thought occurred to me. No, Occasionally don't apologise. I love when you have thoughts. It's my favourite part of the podcast. <laughs> if you wanted to get in touch with us, have a conversation about anything to do with the episode or anything else, you can always feel free to hit us up on our socials. They are all in the link below. We've got Twitter, Tumblr, Discord, fucking everything. So come find us wherever you feel most comfortable. Some suggested topics of conversation include... Where you would stab seven. <laughs> I, I mean, I was going to say, what would you wish for? In a wishing well scenario, but yeah, I fucking guess where would you stab Sam Winchester? What is the girliest drink that you can think of that will fuck you up? I was just gonna say, what is your drink of choice when you want to get fucked up? Mine is coffee. (laughs) Specifically, actually, do you know what does fuck me up real good? A Vietnamese iced coffee. Because that shit is literally espresso and condensed milk. And I don't eat a lot of sugar or drink a lot of caffeine. So if I have one of those, I am just fucking bouncing off the walls. I had one and then Naomi and I went to Ikea. And let me tell you, Naomi regretted going to Ikea. <laughs> you know what will fuck you up though? Jaeger bombs. Red Bull and Jaeger. I've heard of those. Isn't there a whole thing where you're literally not supposed to mix Red Bull with alcohol? It's fucking disgusting. It tastes gross. I had a couple of Jaeger bombs when I on a pub crawl once. And look, you know what? The alcohol didn't fuck me up. The caffeine did. It was like 3am. I was bouncing off the fucking walls because I do not drink energy drinks. I have like a cup of coffee a day and that's it. That's my entire caffeine consumption. But like, no, this shit fucks you up. You know what else? Long Island iced tea. 12%. Double that of standard beer. Anyway, tell us what drink fucks you up. Is it caffeine? Sugar? Alcohol? All three? We would love to know. So hopefully you have enjoyed this week's episode. Hopefully we have you back next week for I Know What You Did Last Summer with special guest Abigail. Bye. Bye. Time for you to go to bed.